0: Hi, I'm Caroline Carey, and you know I'm always inspired by other people's life stories, so I listen for the soul journey that is interwoven between each individual's experiences throughout their life. Join me to hear for yourself how each narrative becomes a transformative and inspiring message for us all. Enjoy the podcasts. turn to heart healing and healing our relationship to money. She's become a life coach helping people to turn around their limiting patterns to, to learn to trust themselves to gain clarity and direction and to open up to a life navigated by love and not fear. We all have a story around money and how my next speaker, Helen Miller, came into working with money and with people's stories around money has been very inspiring. She's quite a pioneer and shares a story, her own journey, about how she came to do the work that she does today, because for many of us, it's something we don't discuss we don't want to have conversations about it. It's difficult, and for some, it can be quite a painful topic. Ellen Miller, thank you for joining me on this podcast. You're—I you. um, I looked at your website. You're a heart coach and sort of entrepreneur, in a sense, aren't you? On some level, around personal development, would you say?
1: Yes. Um, that is where I found myself, uh, it wasn't where I was aiming, but it's where life has led me and I'm very happy with where I am. It's my work is around helping people. It's the company's heart healer. I believe we all heal ourselves and it's about head to heart living or head to heart leadership. So it's about changing where your pivot point or your decision making process is in life from the head from where we store fear and our programs and our you know, limitations and what we've been told about life and down to our heart, which I believe is our deepest sort of blueprint of blueprint of our sole purpose of who we are, really beneath all the crap and um, getting people to live from there, helping people to do that shift.
0: What made you want to go there? What made you want to help other people?
1: I think we teach what we need to learn, and I have been on a huge journey personally with healing. I didn't understand myself. I didn't understand why like the self-sabotage in my life and why it was so strong. And I didn't and I was always fascinated with what made people do things. And I also had a lot of diagnosis, uh medical conditions, drugs I was told I'd need them for life, and I was miserable. <laughs> so when i found that there were other ways to live and other ways to heal i became completely obsessed and uh when i saw how much i was changing i became really passionate about helping other people do that too
0: yeah that that helping of others really does help ourselves as well doesn't it yeah we could get to see more closely what it is that we need to do for us like you said so where did it begin How did it begin?
1: Well, most of my life, I was an actor and I wanted to act from the second I was four. Well, so I was four and I went to my first pantomime and I was like, I I want to do that thing. I was, it was beyond logic. It was an absolute compulsion and throughout my darkest, darkest moments in in my teens, like it was the thing that kept me alive and in some of my twenties, because I didn't feel like I fitted into life or the world. And when I was telling important, powerful stories, which is what, it's just how I felt that you changed people, people's hearts and opened their minds was through the power of story. When I felt that I was involved with doing that and could lose myself in a role and find out parts about myself and parts about how life works through story and narrative, I felt alive. And I felt, I felt like I was breathing air. And I felt like I was breathing water or dust or something most of the time. And that was, I was absolutely obsessed with acting in an unhealthy way. And I only really, I took only really valued myself when I was doing that and through my work, and realised that I wasn't happy but kind of saw happiness as superfluous to life. Life gave me some pretty heavy blows and I got to a point in my twenties where I was left with PTSD and I couldn't function the way I could normally function. I couldn't work. And that led me on a path of inquiry in a way that I hadn't really put time or effort into before. And it was a couple of years later before I had a big spiritual awakening. And I was an atheist before then. I wasn't interested in what crystal was. I didn't know what chakra was. I wasn't doing yoga.
0: Yeah, I get it. Let's come back to the pantomime. Because, I mean, for me as a little girl, I love pantomime. Pantomime was just like, oh, my goodness, this is freedom. This is fun. This is yeah, you know, what every little girl's dream is of being when they grow up. It's to be on... Maybe not. That's that's um, generalizing, isn't it? Completely, but you know, just to be in the pantomime and dress up because I loved dressing up. You know, it was my favorite thing to do. Shape shifting, hey? Right. I'm all about shape shifting, and if we can shape shift, we can take on personas that maybe aren't truly ourselves, but maybe some part of us that wants to emerge. So was was that anything to do with you as a four year old, like wanting to reach into that? Magical world, I mean, there's a shadow side of pantomime as well, isn't there? Yeah, I mean sometimes where women are depicted, um there's all kinds of things that go on in the pantomime that wouldn't be necessarily very healthy um, and we wouldn't want for our little girls. but what was the magic in it for you? Can you describe that? I think it was
1: the amount of and as I sort of got older in my childhood and you know eight, nine ten, and I have more vivid memories of those years. But going to see plays and going to see, I never wanted to be in musicals. I couldn't sing, but like going to see all of that. It was when I felt I was witnessing life. Like I had really strong feelings inside me and I kind of kept on running into brick walls in life because I would, you know, I'd frequently come home from school and throw my bag on the floor and say, it's the worst day of my life. Like I was very dramatic. And I I was and I felt like what I was witnessing and like I get so lost and I'd be sobbing and I, I was really drawn to gritty, gritty stuff like darker stuff rather than happy comedies or whatever. So I I felt like I was getting a match, whereas in life I felt like a lot of people were looking at me like I was weird and odd and didn't seem to have this like extreme passion and rage and excitement and you know I can look at sort of it through many different lenses now as an adult but I felt like I was seeing a life that made sense when I was in the theatre or the cinema Amazing. because <laughs> that heightened level was what I lived of course did your parents encourage that my mom was an English and drama teacher and my dad was a social worker so it was my mum, my mum loved it. And I am, um, you know, I think if I was into something, they weren't, I think they would have technically supported me potentially, but I found as an adult when I did things that they didn't like, like stop drinking, or, you know, stopped eating meat, they didn't approve of me having any differences in that sense. So I'm not, I think they, I think it was heavily encouraged, but they didn't want me to be an actor.
0: What did they want you to do? Get a proper job. <laughs> Don't we hear that so much? Get a proper job. Earn a decent living.
1: Yeah. That's um, yeah, I told them where to
0: go. <laughs> yes, rightly so. We, yes, we, we, we are needed very much, hey, those without proper jobs. It gives them that different side of life. Um, that's an interesting one, because when we got into a conversation at the Heart of the Rose Festival... It was mm-hmm. about money. Um, so you, you were talking to me about the workshop, which I, I sadly missed, but it was about our relationship to money. So that that's just activated a little memory in me from you saying, you know, that that yeah, you had to get a proper job, they wanted mm-hmm. you to earn a wage or all those sorts of mm-hmm. things. And actors don't get paid well, hey. So unless you're superstar. So why money? What is what is that about relationship to money? How was your relationship to money? Awful, Ooh. toxic, violently terrible,
1: horrendous. Um, I yeah, like my and it, so it was so bad, and I can give so many embarrassing stories about how tight and limited I was. Uh, you could look a huge amount like how i was raised and what i witnessed and the sort of like the lineage i come through and a huge amount of poverty but that didn't equate how much in poverty consciousness i was psychologically but it was really to do with a lot of lack and permission and worth and as well as societal things but it was really to do with a lot of deep lack of self-love um and what i gave myself permission for and then I have done a lot of work on it. And I now think it is much, much, much better. Like all things can always is always in a state of flux and can be improved. And I work with people on big life, like deep life change stuff. I don't do massive groups and small stuff. I tend to do big, deep things, small, deep things and or intimate deep things. And so money comes up a lot. And especially I work with I work with a real diverse mix of people and the work I do in business, I work with people who have a lot of money, you know, hundreds of millions of pounds. And I used to resent that work. And those people, I had to peel away my level of resentment. And then when I was in the room with them, I'd be like human to human and great. But I had to go through so much of my own stuff to get into that space. Um, and And especially when I first started coaching in businesses in 2008, it was just after the crash and I was in the banking system which is what I used to do between acting, like teaching communication skills to traders and things. So money has been a big part of my personal journey and something I've done a huge amount of healing on, but it was one of the last pieces to shift. Um, and I work with a lot of people in the healing fields or spiritual fields or creative fields who are nailing so many parts of their their growth and their conscious expansion. and. But money often comes up and so it wasn't anything that i was aiming to ever really focus or teach but or share that then when the the cost of living crisis happened and it was all i was hearing anyone talk about people who could see other layers of illusion and you know programming and the matrix and all of those things were kind of falling into this pit of this cost of living. And I thought I have to do something because I was getting irritated and I was like, okay, what can you do? Don't sit with the irritation. So I applied to a lot of my favorite festivals to talk about healing your relationship with money. And every single one I contacted said, yes, please. And so it's been a real joy and, you know, humbling work to get into that space with people because i think money and
0: sex are like the two most triggering areas so interesting and they're very linked aren't they lower chakra stuff i have a really interesting story about money because you know the only person that i got money off as a child was my grandfather right and guess what he was up to do you know so i have this story of money comes from a place where i'm being groomed basically for sexual favors and that's from a very, very early age. So my relationship to money was do, 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 do. Oh, when I look back at that, yeah, how interesting. Yeah. And then my first proper relationship was with a compulsive gambler. So there was, you know, so many stories tied in with, oh, and I got caught shoplifting once. And the, um, the, the sergeant who spoke to my father about it said, I think you ought to give your children pocket money. Um, because you know she clearly wanted to buy Christmas presents and I'd got a shot bag full of Christmas presents for my family and stuff and that's what I wanted to do. So you know naughty girl slap on the wrists, but I got pocket money from it. Now these these three stories are quite interesting to me because they clearly have formed some identity around money. Yeah. yeah. So what was my attitude towards money? Well, it's something you got from doing something wrong. So if I do something wrong, I'll get money. Well, if I'm doing right things, that's not going to pay.
1: Right.
0: Really, no. I mean, I, this is why I wanted to go to your workshop. <laughs> because I thought this is fascinating. Um, but, yeah. So what kind of stories do you get from people? Is, 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 is mine quite unique or is that sort of... No,
1: not at all. Good. Not at all. And I... I mean, I share openly, like, some of my grim, embarrassing ones. But, like, I... I did a lot of shoplifting i went through a phase of a couple of years of shoplifting and my i was with a g- girlfriend who got caught and i didn't and mm-hmm. she had a night in the cells Ooh. um no nice policeman saying telling her parents to give her pocket money which is a very kind and emotionally intelligent police officer i'm pleased that happens your experience <laughs> I think, you know, the starving artist archetype and this, I was told by my parent, my mum, remember her saying to me, like, good people, she's asked me what some of my, one of my friend's parents did. And I said, oh, he works with computers. And she said, well, you know, Helen, that good people work in professions with people and they're poor and people who don't care about people work with money and uh, get paid a lot and so i was like grew up thinking poor people are good and rich people are bad and don't care about you so in order to be a good person you cared about people you have to be poor i was also told like what i was doing wasn't a proper job and so would never and i was frequently told that i'd never get a mortgage and they never no i had no financial education and i was never told I was never supported like with driving lessons or with, you know, getting on a property ladder or like many people can't, but like they could have helped me in some ways and they chose not to. And they didn't didn't have much money when I was growing up, but my mum as a teacher staying in long-term in a job like got paid more. Um, And it was, yeah, it was, Really interesting that and my dad's like my dad's language love language is with money, so what he would and wouldn't spend was very it was very weird uh his dynamic with money, and my mum came from huge poverty, and my dad came from very middle class, but all the money got lost when he was in his twenties
0: okay it all got drunk and gambled and gambled well, yeah, we lost a family home because it was gambled away that's going way way back centuries back, but that's what happened Hence mm. the um enabling of gamblers throughout my family that's been very interesting it's it's fascinating to go back and look at the roots of what it is that we do today and how that's developed mm. throughout our childhoods and so you clearly have a fascination with that subject and you're now able to help people and the fact that you worked in a banking system um, even more so, so that gave you a gateway, hey, into those other realms of possibility. Which, you know, that's a real bonus, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't have a clue. I'm, I'm, um, a, discalculator. I, I, I cannot fathom out sums and mathematics and things like that at all. So you, you clearly had an eye for that and a brain for that, and you were able to get out there and help others in that. Process. I was
1: teaching would i mean i I was cheap te- it's not my zone of comfort um that side of finances, but I can keep on top of like basic well, outgoings and ingoings all those things, yeah. but I was teaching communication skills oh I see yeah and uh as an actor, I was taken in to you know help people who were in a very especially in the city at that time, the culture was very very alpha very results driven like you leave your life at the door, we own you like huge tower blocks that have this that they don't accept cash inside them, you have these cards. So the cards is like company, like it's a special currency. And inside there, they have dry cleaners, they have chemists, they have supermarkets, they have gyms. So like, you don't leave. Right. And so it's like these worlds and I'd go in for a day to run a workshop. And then you know, I'd leave and go go on tour and shoot a film or whatever. And then I'd come back and do some day, more days here and there. And I and then I started doing other sectors and other, like I did some work for NHS and various different places over the years. I've worked for so many different, and I've traveled around the world doing for different leaderships. And then as my spirituality and path grew, I kept on trying to slide all my other things into the work. Um, which was much more around emotional intelligence and you know deeper levels of things and that was quite a hard push and then when the lockdowns happened and the mass exodus and people realised that actually when you're not you know you're not in the building you're out of the bubble necessarily they might there's a lot of like I spoke with a lot of clients who were well I don't actually love my partner I don't like my children and and I don't have time to spend the money I earn so what am I doing with my life? Mm. And so, yeah, I guess I don't, I guess I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable working with people than numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm more so used to being around people who have a lot of money. And so I'm not thrown by that.
0: I now no longer think they're bad people, which is helpful to do my work. That's very good, yes, you wouldn't want to be working with bad people, would you know? whatever that is, yeah, what that means to you, yeah, so so how would you begin with them? How do you address the problems that they have? if I'm working with people who already have their needs met financially
1: and aren't scared of handling money because if we look at money as money as an energy, people tend to fall in to one of two camps if they're out of balance, they either are um in poverty consciousness so they're in lack so if you look at the attachment theory they're anxiously attached so no matter how much money they have they don't feel rich right it's so like you look at multimillionaires who just want to keep on earning because they're scared it's running gonna run out there's not enough of it they need it in the same way no matter how much you show up in a relationship if somebody's anxiously attached they they want you to check in all the time you can text me today all that stuff. So that's one way. And that kind that can be their dependent regardless of how much money you have in the bank. And then the other way is that people become very uncomfortable with having lots of money or having as it doesn't actually amount the amounts are, you know, different for everybody. But as soon as money comes in, they need to move it and push it away from themselves so they take all their friends on holiday or they pick up all the tab at the bar or they you know they kind of like oh i'm gonna give it to this charity or oh gosh and they feel guilt or shame or bad or or bad for having lots of money whatever that lots is and so it trickles away and then suddenly it's gone again and it's that they can you can look at it like scientists have looked at people who win the lottery that more often than not within seven years they're back where they were before they had the win and it's because if we don't work on our relationship with what money is to us our self-worth on value and, and actually as an energy you have to build a bigger energy vessel to hold
0: more energy that's interesting because i'm definitely that person who you know i just sort of i find it actually uncomfortable to have a lot of well not that mm. they've ever had a lot of money but Yeah, there is that discomfort and I hear stories of people who have to accumulate it you know have to hold on to it and I'm like oh no where can that go no Mm. um not that I spend a huge amount on anything I don't earn a huge amount so it's 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 a very interesting one but I can I can see more in the past because I've tried to work on this now I've seen more in the past where I did get some inheritance money and oh, it was gone very, very fast. You know, I did buy some land and I I have this beautiful shed and, you know, there are things that we did accumulate back then that have helped us to, to stay, um, you know, stay with good possessions or, um, yeah, just some trainings and things like that that have really supported our growth. But, um, I can see how very difficult it was to hold on to it, and I think those stories are quite fascinating. I've only heard, ever heard one other person discuss that and, and mm. share that with me, so um, it's interesting to know that you work with that regularly,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's and it it can be like you know the bills come, you don't want to open them, mm. you don't want to look at how you do never check the balance, yep, it's like anxiously avoiding it's like, oh, they text me. I, I'm going to wait, I'll go have lunch, and then I'll text them back. It's like, we we don't want to be up close and personal, intimate with money. Mm. Mm. And it's about, I think the bat and like, it's, you know, it's all about balance. It's about kind of going, how do you get into right relationship with you, so you can feel safe, and not want to push it away, but also free enough to let it go, because money likes to move. Cool. And and if we hold on to it, there's no movement, so it's harder for it to come in as well. And also, you know, it's this reciprocity, giving and receiving.
0: Yeah, yeah. And is there something about trusting in God's spirit, higher power, that we will be looked after, that it will be okay? I think that's the place I've come to today. Is that I know I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not dependent on the money. But I'm. Um, I'm welcoming of it. And I don't need to just throw it away. So it's, yeah, it's just knowing that, and and yeah, it's 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 not having a fear of the future. I often think, if I if I'm in fear yeah. of the future, then I'm not trusting that that I, everything's okay, that I have what I need. Hey,
1: that's like one of the absolute pillars. I believe is like, how do how are you visioning your future? Like, is it going to get worse and worse and worse, and or is it that? You know but there's also you can move into like an ungrounded space where you're like it's fine i'm gonna you know like it always and just like pushing it away or i'm gonna marry into money or you know i've got an inheritance coming or do you know what i mean like and we can get uh we can move into like illusion with it but when it's not really embodied and it's sort of cerebral and so it's about having both but I guess the big unlocking thing for me is that when i you know when i sort of really got that all money is coming from god which is you know my word like Mm. you might think it's coming from your boss or your partner or your parents Mm. but those are just different like taps that it's coming to you and that can take you know, and like, it's also like, or it might be a credit card, like, if you want to do a thing, whether it's start a business or buy a house, and a lot of people often have or any you know, holiday car, what you know, birthday presents, a lot of people have blocks about how the money should come. And what they're open to receive. But actually, there's so many ways, especially like in the West and having the internet and like we have, perhaps that some people in developing nations don't have access to. Mm -hmm. And it's like, actually, you know, I don't, I don't, it's this, this is on a case by case sort of situation. And I was brought up to like, never get a credit card, never spend what you don't have. But if you can get up close and personal with money and get really comfortable in that space, then actually going into debt to make something happen can be a really great option to get a loan, to speed up that process. Because if you're doing your work, then you're really
0: just borrowing from your future self who knows they can pay that off. That's nice, but not to go into overdebting and, and
1: yeah, not to be like, I'm going to, you know, I worked with somebody who was very heavily in debt because she just shopped and it was a, it was an addiction. It was a Mm numbingness, right? she was right. in Primark every lunchtime she was having holidays and you know Prosecco and you know on a on a on a scent that she was very unhappy mm-hmm. and so I totally don't advocate that but also so many people have fear around borrowing.
0: Right right okay yeah that addiction to shopping I mean it's no different is it to the alcoholic or the the drug addict it, it's like that need to find something to fill a gap hey eh? yeah to fill a hole within us and we do that with materialism hey eh? and that's a really hard thing to put down hey eh? it's as hard to put down as it is for the alcoholic to put down the bottle or for the mm. codependent to stop picking up people yeah that's very very difficult so um it's something that you, you do work with people around that are you able to I mean, I work with, I understand addiction really well myself.
1: I mean, I will work, I mean, it depends on person by person, really. But yes, like, I, I wouldn't say blanket, I say no to anything. But I might also say, actually, when I get to have a call with somebody, I don't think I'm the right person, or I'm not the right person right now. Right. They come yeah. to me when that that bit shifted. Um, and I have really great therapists and things that I can recommend, Yeah. but I'm not, there's nothing I'm scared of looking at. It's just about how much in my integrity and what level of support they need. And if they need, you know, a lot more hands on than I currently have time in my diary for, or, you know, there's a whole load of factors about how I choose. If it, right. it's something I can, you know, really support, but yeah, like I've worked with people with all sorts of, you know, behaviors that they want to shift we deal with money every day and I think so often people don't realize what they're carrying around it they're not consciously aware and so they wonder why things aren't shifting but actually they haven't really taken time to sit down and look and because something's a daily habit it can also be you know anything that we do daily we can be unaware of it like you know shopping or eating or you know exercise like unless we actually sit down with somebody who really goes like let's have a look at this in depth that we can really understand what's driving everything um i mean you know money's not going anywhere there was a time when i thought we were going to be on unicorns in 5d and we wouldn't need it but it hasn't happened and actually what's you know that's still making money wrong I don't think money is wrong like why are we trying to leave it out of the conversation like why are we doing swaps Like, let me pay you that money and you pay that money back to me. Like, let's keep the money moving. Let's not pretend money doesn't exist. You know, I think more transparency and more like getting up close and personal with money, making it fun, you know, making it, you know, it's coming from God, do you know what I mean? Like, let's make it good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and for a lot of people, I I think they just don't like talking about it, just don't wanna have that conversation.
1: Yeah, 100%. And we look at like things like the gender pay gap and there was transparency about everything rather than just a sentence in the small print on the bottom of a website. Like things would be changing a lot faster. Not like this is our 10 year plan to get rid of the gender pay gap. So, <laughs> I mean, just do
0: it now. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. And what about the fact that cash is going out well, or seems to be, there's a big story around that, isn't it? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it is.
1: I mean, you can say good or bad. Uh, it is quite binary, and everything. There's, it can be a benefit in everything. I think having cash is really helpful. I think in terms of getting up close and juicy with money, paying with cash, and getting understanding it is really helpful. I think we should absolutely keep cash alive. I don't think it is going to be possible, depend, you know, regardless of agendas, to make the world cashless. Because having traveled a lot, um, especially this year, to Mexico, to Africa, to, you know, different parts of Europe, it, the agenda that we see in the UK is not the same as what right. is tangible in other places, um, just because of infrastructure and technology and, you know, yeah. so I can see what's happening, but I think it's, um, you know, people power, we're all, no one is more
0: powerful than us. Beautiful. And, you know, I, I, the thing that strikes me is that when I talk to my little grandchildren and what's going to happen to the Tooth Fairy? What's she going to leave under the pillow? She's not going to come along with a credit card, is she? You know? Or, uh, yeah, it's
1: like buskers now have their thing where you can tap. And I get it because they want to – a lot of people don't carry cash, but, like, also have the hat. And yeah. if you want to feel more abundant, like, have – go and get out some cash and have the notes like next to where you're brushing your teeth next to the kettle, like on your altar, like next to your laptop, like, or have, you know, put, put a tenner in the back of your phone or, a you know, like, so you're constantly seeing it because your head might be telling you, I don't have enough. I don't have enough, but you have to find different ways
0: to Mm -hmm. counteract this noise. Yes. Yes. I, I yeah, the noise that's in your head, hey? So mm. yeah, I often put coins in my collages and I'd never thought of that before. For some reason, there's always a sil- silver coins in there, but maybe they need to be 50 pound notes. I don't know. So let's come back to the heart. There's, there's a big conversation about money, isn't it? And I think it's great mm. to have a conversation with another woman about money because I've had a lot of conversations with men about it. There's one on on this podcast platform I'm um, too actually with guys, but I haven't often had a conversation with a woman about it, but, you know, let's, I'm fascinated and let's come back to the heart where all of this is concerned mm. and the relationship to ourselves. And you mentioned mm. sexuality, um, you know, it's its a whole body experience, isn't it, where this is concerned. And this is where you're coming from, big hearts, wanting to support, wanting to help, and also wanting to grow yourself, hey?
1: Yeah, I think often we relate money with feeling safe, mm-hmm. and I feel you know very few people feel safe in the world on a consistent basis. When especially at the moment with so much change, and uh, you know so much instability, and a, a rapid space, and also because you know I think this change is because there's a massive shift in consciousness happening on the planet, which is really exciting, but that also can mean that we don't don't quite know how to trust ourselves, because our experience of ourselves is changing so much. Mm. And it's much easier to look externally to like, money, or this will make me safe, or, you know, owning a house will make me safe. or, But no amount of money is going to make you feel safe, only healing will. And I think, I think, you know, money can really, really help. I mean, I do this work because I'm a fan of money rather than, you know, I used to be very resentful and angry about it. And I think it, you know, can make life much, much easier. And I think especially as women, you know, I've been in a really abusive relationship, and I wasn't dependent on him for money. But I know so many people have not been able to leave jobs or careers or partners, because they felt they were bound through finances to those situations. And I think what money really can allow you is a sense of freedom. And I think, you know, it's, there's still places in the world where women are bought and sold and there's, you know, you know, you got married and you get your money went to your husband and, you know, somebody died and the money went to the son and bypassed the daughter. And, you know, we have this all rich in our history and, I think it's complicated, like current dynamics with finances. But I also think I think working with women and money is very different to working with men and money. And I work with both. I think the pressure on men to sort of be the provider. And their worth and their value in the world being so related to how much they earn, whereas a woman, it's often to do with if she has children and what she looks like how attractive or not she is. Like, it's a different burden. But I think often, uh, although the paths are different, I think the
0: healing centers can be the same. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting because, I mean, a, a wife didn't own her house, did she, years gone by? Do you yeah. know, our grandmothers, it would have been that the husband owned the house. A woman wasn't allowed to own a house so many years ago things like that happened um so yeah everything you you're talking about there we have got a very different relationship and it's in our lineage it's in our heritage so of course we're going to still have some level of that story within the bones of of Mm. individual hey so you must uncover quite a lot of stories
1: people are very very attached
0: to their story and
1: Like it's my karma or this happened as a child. And so, you know, and they're very much wedded to the reason everything is in their present is because of that.
0: Right
1: Now it plays a part, but our only power is in the present moment. And if we're giving our past more power than our present, Mm -hmm. then it's challenging life, right? Of course. So I don't encourage and lean into that if it's already, unhelpful. But if somebody hasn't noticed patterns or points, and it's something they bring in, then yeah, and sometimes I'll ask, but yeah, it like with all subjects, it it depends what's going to be helpful, and healing and a realization to have or an energy, it's more to do with intuitively, if I feel there's an energy like that really present, like it's worth voicing it.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. So where are you going with this now? What's your next steps to, to bring this into the world? I mean, are you? do you feel that you have found your way and this is it and this is what you're continuing with? Or is there some more expansion to happen?
1: I feel like, well, all of my work is birth through prayer and I feel like I'm, you know, I don't have a plan for what I'm doing next year. You know, I know what I love right now and I know what I'd like to continue, but... I I I get, you know, I sit down every quarter and I pray deeply and I carve out a couple of days to then like, like you know, God, what would you have me do? Like, where am I, like, what?
0: Like,
1: I'd really like to do this, but like, is that part of the plan? Um, so, and sometimes I don't get an answer immediately and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know yet. So I would love to continue being of service in a way that I also find, you know, you know, nourishes me. In terms of working, I still will be working with people one to one. And at the moment, I also have some groups running and whether they am running them again next year, I'm not yet sure. But specifically around money, I spent last week running a course called the prosperous heart, which was a offshoot from all the people I met at the talks I gave this summer on healing your relationship with money and me bringing through, uh, it's really, it's about emotional intelligence and creativity meeting financial intelligence and prosperity. So it's this head and heart sort of merge, like how do you have a heart-centered conscious business or be heart-centered and conscious and in your prosperity and your creativity and whatever you're doing and that to be, you know, and that to be financially rewarding and, and more abundance in that space. So. It's for it was four days of me sharing business acumen, but from a heart-centered way and tools and tips and tricks and exercises about time, like how to manage your time and how to, you know, also, I mean, like there was so much in it, so that is now gonna be available for people, it's being edited at the moment, for people to work with and download and buy and run in their own time. And where I go next, other than that, and my one-to-one work, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. But
0: you're
1: um,
0: trusting, you're trusting. I am
1: trusting. Uh, the one thing I know I'm doing that's open at the moment is on the 11th of November. I'm running a cacao ceremony in Hastings uh-huh. on peace, passion, and purpose.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you so, live in Hastings in East.
1: I do. I do. I'm not sure. I'm in a place of transience in my life so i'm not sure where i if, how much longer i'm here i need to move shortly um and i'm not sure if i'm looking at here london and brighton at the moment
0: okay so, okay i'm not sure where i go next you're trusting yeah open to the universe to show you yeah and that's a lovely way to be that's how i landed at, in hastings how, how did you end up here it's a lot of fire engines in the background, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, the
1: beauty of this flat is I'm opposite the sea, but there's the main road with oh, all the... Um... Oh,
0: right. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I ended up here in Hastings because um, I was... Um, well we were living in a, a motorhome home at the time because we'd just sold the house in Brighton we had no idea where we were going to go but I knew I wanted to be in the area because my daughter had just had a little baby boy and I knew I was going to be here I was in Devon and then I moved over um, originally in Ireland and uh, oh yeah moved around a lot but um, we we're in this motor home and I had a one of that big freeze and I was, um, I was on my own in the motorhome. Ben was off working in London somewhere and I woke up and there was an icicle Coming out of my tap, um, the gas had frozen. I was utterly, utterly frozen. It was, it was extraordinary, and I was literally down on my knees praying. What am I going to do? And um, you know, I just got start the car and get it warmed up, which I did. Kept my big coat on, ran down to the, um, or drove down to the local town, which was Lewis at the time, and um, went into a cafe. Used the the ladies toilets to um brush my teeth have a wash change my clothes get out my pajamas and and uh, went and had a nice big cup of um of of hot chocolate I think it was and a croissant or something like that and just warm my body and just you know continue to pray and pray and pray god where would you have me be because this isn't where I'm meant to be right now much Mm -hmm. as I love being out in the wilds um with no neighbors it's like no I want neighbors I want a fire in the hearth, um, I want a nice bath <laughs> and, and and you just show me. Next day I get an email with um, the details of the house I'm living in now, um, say it had just gone back on the market, was I interested and in it? it was in Hastings, I said let's go and have a look at it. In fact I phoned them up and said I'll buy it, I love the pictures, that's the one. And we turned up at the front door and said we're not sure about this, this doesn't look quite right. Um, but then we looked at the map of what was around us, these beautiful East Hill and uh, woodlands and the sea, and walked through the door. And we immediately felt like big arms just enveloped us and held us. And we thought, yeah, this is right. This is the right place. And discovered so much more about it that we loved and still love. Mm-hmm. So that was my story around that. It came through prayer um, and, you know, really asking, where should I be in this moment, which is what I tend to do with all of my work and Mm -hmm. things and this podcast who should i be interviewing next for this podcast and the information just comes so i really trust that i really trust my own higher power god spirit Mm -hmm. for for what i'm i'm given and um i think that kind of embodied spirituality is something that's really missing in our society Mm -hmm. and that um yeah if we trusted a little bit more in that then um yeah and in in a real sense of the words mm. I think we would be in a much happier place and contented and accepting place so that's my theory on it anyway.
1: yeah 100% more God in the room I think we spend so, um, so much of our lives you know just trying to work it all out on ourselves and in our head and like my problem and what am I going to do and it's like actually you can just sort of <laughs> I found like, you know, it's, it's when I've been taken to my knees, like in your van with the icicle, like, like when it's like, I, I, I can't solve this, yeah but, but, that that I, oh, I can, I have to ask, but, but just getting much, much better at kind of just being like, show me, show me, because whenever I do that, like the answers are so much more amazing than I can ever come up with.
0: I think our thinking mind just gets in the way. Hey, you yeah. have to hand it over and yeah sometimes it takes that kind of rock bottom doesn't it to go yeah need help here i need help yeah it's a good thing to speak out to ask for help hey eh? oh this has been so beautiful and rich helen and as you're just you're still in hastings i think we should meet for a coffee so- i would love that yes please caroline yes 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 yeah, that would be really lovely. And thank you so much for coming on board this podcast. I, mean, I think our listeners are going to love this conversation. You know, we all have our struggles on in these areas. And I hadn't expected to go quite, quite so far down the money um, road as this, but it's clearly your passion. And I love that, to be passionate about this heart-centred money relationship is yeah. so important for us today. So thank you very much for your gift. Um, it's it's
1: Thank you. I just think there's enough people who aren't in their heart with a lot of money doing things in the world. How different the world would be with lots of people who are in their heart and emotionally intelligent and on a conscious path with lots of money. Oh, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And look at the problems that are caused because of money, power that's gone wrong, all that sort of thing. We're we're hearing and seeing about that today all the time. Um, And that's one of the roots of it. Hey. So yeah. gotta heal that that heal that wound. What's your message for others today? What would you want to share with them, these listeners?
1: Get still enough to listen to the whispers in your heart
0: and have the courage to act on them. Beautiful. Perfect. Clear. You could write that down and stick it on the on a little sticker on the on the fridge door couldn't we and just have that for us as a reminder constantly thank you there'll be more information um in with this podcast about your website and any courses that you're doing anything you want to send me let's put it in there and hopefully people will connect with you and get that that much needed healing that you offer so thank you so much thank
1: you so much Caroline and I would love that coffee so do let me know when you're around
0: Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And remember, you can be in touch with myself or this speaker. My website is middleearthmedicine.com. We have a wonderful membership platform that you can join for just five pounds a month. And we have lots of recordings and interesting information that we can share with you there, plus meeting online with regular groups. You can also find the details of our speaker in the box below with their links, their websites, and a little bit of information about them. Thank you for joining me and being part of this Middle Earth Medicine community. I hope you'll listen to our next show. Please follow, share, like, whatever you can do to help this community to grow. We really appreciate you. Thank you.